0: All right, hello and welcome to the Seems Legit podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell it like it is, poker playing guitars, the dude himself, the dude, Sunny. D. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. I got my buddy Cam here. Cam, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your spectacular
1: self. Oh, I don't know about spectacular. I'm just a lonely old cook. <laughs> but actually, no, i am done pretty well in the cooking world, traveled the world, all over Japan, Germany, Italy, France, Greece, you name it. I've probably cooked there.
0: Tell us a little so, bit. Of, so tell us some of your titles. Like I, I it, like your resume speaks for itself. So tell us a little bit about this.
1: You know, I've been culinary team Canada for eight years. I am now a coach for them. All wow. my teammates were out of Vancouver. So I was the only one outside of Vancouver on the team during my years. Uh, basically, we travel the world and compete against Michelin star chefs. There's a whole list of culinary events we could do. There's a the culinary Olympics in Germany, the culinary world cup in Luxembourg, culinary Coupe de monde in Switzerland. There's oh. Scott hot in Scotland. Oh, there's all kinds. So that's it's not awesome. a bad way to spend your time off.
0: So like, is it something that you have to audition for try out for?
1: Yeah, you definitely got to try out for it. You got to prove yourself on a competing level. It's just not like
0: anybody can sign up a
1: steak. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's years of training. Yeah. And what's it
0: like? So how did you transition from, Oh, well, how'd you get involved? So like, let's talk about that a little bit. How did you, what was the steps? Like, what was it that
1: I was out in Quebec actually competing in the culinary competition, the Bocuse d'Or, which is the biggest individual competition a chef could do. And I was out in the national trials and that's where the team manager noticed me. And a week later I got an email asking if I want to be on the national culinary team.
0: Wow. That's quite the honor. How many people yeah. roughly are there that try out, like, to put into perspective, um, just how prestige and honor this is to be on the team, let alone coaching the team. Like, how many people are there that are going out to be on the team? They're trying out, um, so on and so forth.
1: It's hard to say nowadays. It's kind of a dying art, this whole competition world, just because of people starving in world and the amount of food that we end up throwing in the garbage just to make fancy plates for be judged. So, but it is quite the honor that you think of how many chefs there are in Canada and mm-hmm. you only get five people on a team for four <laughs> years. So I've done it for eight years. That means I've taken up a spot for eight years in a yeah. row.
0: And it's, and it's across Canada too. Like this isn't it's just like
1: Canada. Yeah.
0: This isn't a local Manitoba thing. This is across Canada. <laughs> so we're talking the top of the top across the country. You're one of those five.
1: Yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: That's that's pretty insane. So what are you drinking? What wine is this?
1: Oh, it's smoking loon. You know, it's one of my favorite everyday drinking wine.
0: I like Chefs it. can never
1: do anything without a glass of wine in their hand, right?
0: Okay. If I, I, doing I a photo
1: part. shoot, we have a glass of wine. If are doing <laughs> a TV shoot, we're having a glass of wine.
0: <laughs> nice. So what's your team like at work? Like, I know I've seen in, uh, through your social media and stuff, you're often training people. You have different people coming in for different things. Like, what does your team at work look like?
1: Team at work, it's a small team. I'm the chef of a private club yeah. in the city here. So I got a team of five including myself. And we all come from various backgrounds and various different degrees of cooking. I'm quite lucky because I do have quite the ethnic group of staff. So at three o'clock, we always sit for staff meals. So they always try to cook something from their heritage. That's cool. Yeah. And then, you know, if it's good, it goes on the lunch special.
0: That's neat. More that's actually many, yeah. really, that's got to that's got to be nice and refreshing too when it comes to designing a menu for a private club, right? Is that you're always Definitely. getting those inspirations from all over the place, right?
1: Definitely. It's nice. It's not like a restaurant where you might eat at it once every two weeks at the club. The guys are eating here three, four times a week, so it's nice to have different offer be able to offer different foods for right. instead of the same yeah. thing over and over
0: no i hear you no that's awesome um when it comes to this like what's kind of been your path so now you're the, the head chef there at this club what was kind of the path like l- talk to us a little bit about like what got you into being a chef how you got started down this road just some of the adventures you've been on you
1: No, know, I, I think i'm kind of special i knew ever since i was like six years old i wanted to be one of the best chefs in canada and, yeah, ever since then, I didn't go home and watch your everyday cartoons after school. I would watch Pasquale or Walk With Jan or the Urban Peasant, and then I would try to mimic what they were doing or work along with them as they were right. doing it. No, that's yeah, and then From there, I got my first job in a kitchen at 14 as a dishwasher and just worked my way through their ranks, took my licks, took my beatings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was. it's the very... I would say we're very military in a kitchen. It's always yes, sir, or yes, chef. When we say jump, you say how high. But that's the way I was trained. I think it's going a little less than that now. Now we try to have fun and enjoy it.
0: But I think too, like when you talk about that, kind of that training and being in the fire, right? There's a respect element to that, of being uh, that high chef. What can I do for you, chef? Yes, chef. Yeah. Um, right away chef, right? Like there's respect too, because it's understood in the industry, like there's work that gets put into this. You're not magically one day able to do this.
1: No, it's years and years. of training you know. And giving up your free time. Yeah. Like back to, I think about it ever since I was 14, 15, I don't think I made a family event like Christmas, birthdays, weddings, funerals anything because you're always working. right? Those days where people are celebrating, you're working.
0: But that's the, and that's that price that goes with being the best that people, I think oftentimes forget, because there's a lot of people out there that begrudge successful people, right? They begrudge success, they begrudge talent. You know, they view talent as something, oh, he's just born with it or she's just born with it. They don't understand it's commitment, it's sacrifice, it's work, it's when exactly. you're telling stories of, oh, this Christmas party or this birthday party or that Halloween party, it's you're telling stories of busting ass in the kitchen. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's, ah, 44. So that's, since I've been 15, that's almost 30 that's years 30 of my years. life.
0: That's 30, 30 years. years. Yeah. And those are your 30 years that you remember too, right? Like, it's exactly. not like when you look at those first five years of a kid's life when they don't remember anything these are those like memory building years. Yours are spent involving in a kitchen with yeah, food.
1: They're all in the kitchen. You know, that, that, that my life kind of revolved around that. Now like you, you see my social media and that I yeah. don't even, I don't do it just at work. I do it at home. At yes. Home, I take it a little further. I go right. and hunt and forage my food to then bring it home and cook.
0: Well, talk to us about that. Like that, I notice that's a big thing. Like you go and you start like at the raw thing, like you'll go hunt an animal and that animal will be dinner. And there yeah. will not be elements of it wasted. to talk to me about that because that's a skill few of us have.
1: Yeah. You know, I just really enjoy nature and being outside and I don't eat a lot of meats, but when I do, I want to make sure it's something that I've either raised or I hunted myself. And, It's more ethical that way I find. It's not buying this mass produced chicken from a store that's been pumped with GMOs or chemicals or that I'm getting a nice, healthy, clean piece of meat when I'm eating it. Mm
0: -hmm. And when you're cooking for your members and stuff, that's something that you probably take pride in passing on to them, right? It's not just any ingredients they're getting. This is the best of the best. This is prime ingredients. This is well sourced stuff, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. My members love following me on Facebook too. I social media.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I and it, it's it's funny because again, it some people will look at that and be like, oh wow, like it's amazing. I could never do this. It's not that somebody could never do this, it's that there was these years of the work, of the studying, yeah. of the learning that's allowed you to now be able to pass this on and make it look relatively easy. Like the video you posted the other day of you chopping the onion, you, you didn't wake up at 17 years old and be able to do that. That's not how that works.
1: No, the blindfolded one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, like that's such an exceptional thing. And I took that, when I saw that I'm like, this is what people need to see is that yes, it's such an incredible feat. This is years of work. Yeah that allow you to do that now that to you, I'm sure when you're doing it, you're like, yeah, it's kind of a novelty thing. I don't, I don't always chop onions blindfolded. No, but it's a demonstration. Yeah. yeah. I'm proud exactly. of the fact that I put in the work to be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you don't like you probably, I think from what I gather, you live outside of the city or probably on the outskirts of the city.
1: Yeah. I live out in between the St. Anne Richard area and I have three acres. So Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, I raise my goats and my chickens. I have my gardens.
0: Nice. Lots
1: of wild mushrooms out there. I find morel, chanterelle, shaggy mane, porcinis, oyster mushroom, all kinds.
0: Yeah. Better than the regular white mushrooms that the rest of us buy at Superstore, (laughs) right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, but it's an appreciation for this too, right? Like to know that Mm. these things exist.
1: Yeah. And mushrooms are a hard one. That's a lot of studying and finding out which ones are safe to eat and which ones are going to make you sick. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mushrooms that look the same. So something yeah. you need to know and have an eye for and but even careful sure, about.
0: But in, even in terms of like, as you said, your own garden, yeah. right? Like there's, there's quality assurances that you know is going on your table. That exactly. when I go and buy my groceries, wherever it might be, Superstore, sobies Safeway, it doesn't matter where, I'm putting that in someone else's hands. Someone, and the craziest part is the person who's actually involved in a way of putting that food on my table, I am so many degrees disconnected from them. Totally. It's, if you think about from that, it's almost frightening in a way.
1: Yeah. I think You look at the process, because every time I talk to my staff, when we're working or teaching them how to be clean and diligent with product, don't spill any flour on the floor. And they're like, it's just flour. It's like 0.002 of a cent. I'm like, yeah, but it's the farmer that had to plant that seed to grow that piece of grain to the guy, then he ships it to the person who mills it, then turns it into flour. Then it goes and gets bagged. There's hundreds of hands touching this, hundreds of people putting love and care into it. So don't just throw it on the floor because now you have it. Right. So do you think? Same thing in a grocery store. How many hands has all that produce touched? How mm-hmm. many semi trucks it's been in? How many boats it's been in? Cargo containers being shipped across the world to get
0: to mm-hmm. us right and i mean even when you think about that right how far we've come as a planet that i mean people take for granted the availability of certain things that aren't native to the land here how many things we're having to bring in from other places you know and exactly as you said that have spent how much time in a cargo container you know that that item that's on your table now what it has seen if it had eyes and could talk (laughs) right
1: yeah so how did yeah, you get into raising during right? our winter? Oh, sorry.
0: Exactly. No, 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 absolutely. You're right, especially during our winter months. Yeah. You know, it's things like yeah. what it, That's um, not or local. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? And I think even there's a big part yeah. of that that's gotten forgotten as well, is that supporting local as well. Right? There's there's yeah. something to be said for the travel between the ground or the plant to your table. There's got to, there's something to be said for that.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: You know, and I think so. even when you look at certain things like that, you know, to quote unquote save money, there's a cost for that. There's a cost in quality. There's a, qu- there's a cost in yes. that not knowing, right? You don't know the care that things right. have gone through. You know, even as you said, like, for exactly. instance, raising your own chickens. You go and you buy, you know, the skin chicken breast that's been portioned off and cut up and whatever for 15 bucks at the grocery store. A, you're overpaying. You think you're getting a deal, but you're not. And B, you don't know how that chicken was exactly. raised. You don't know how it was handled. You don't even yeah. know. You don't know any of this stuff. And you never will.
1: Yeah. No, so not I, unless you do it yourself, right?
0: Yeah. So how'd you get into raising the animals? How did that all start? What did it start with?
1: Uh, uh, Me and my boy, right? He's now six and he has, he loves animals. And I've always loved animals as a kid too. Mm-hmm. So we were at home during COVID in March there and we're like, oh, we have nothing to really do. Why don't we get, <laughs> he's like, let's get some goats. I'm like, okay. He goes, dad, we should get chickens too. And then we don't have to buy our eggs from the store anymore. I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." So, we just went all in and did it. That's we were awesome. At home for seven weeks, and we built a little. We built our pen. We had an old camper that we had in the backyard. It's now a barn, and the nice. way we went. I'm sure my chickens, my meat chickens, are probably glad that they were killed because, fuck, they did not look like my neighbor's chickens when we were butchering them together. <laughs> <laughs> His are nice and big and plump, and mine are skinny and like, huh? How much food did you feed your chickens? He's like, Oh, I probably went through two twenty pound bags a week. He's go he's like, How about you? I was like, I oh, was like one every two weeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> My chickens were these anorexic little things compared to his. <laughs> so you know, it was it was a learning a learning year. Right. And despite the one that the neighbor's dog says killed because oh, they no. pop out of the pen, and Yeah. They go in a jar and eat. So we lost a few to that. But yeah. you know, it was a good good fun, good learning year.
0: But, but even there, so right, it's that whole chain of things, everything from the chicken to the eggs, to what's going into your chickens. Like, that's, there's something to be said for that, that I think goes forgotten. And whether it's a cost saver in the long run or not, as I said, there's those costs that you don't account for. That quality, that, you know, the nutritional aspect of that, like all of these things that I think a lot of us take for granted. And yes, people live busy lives and their lives don't need to revolve around food. But at the same time, it's also that in the amount of time you can just sit empty-minded watching Netflix or Crave or whatever it is, maybe read an article or two, maybe take the time to watch a documentary on food, right? Like instead of watching the same reruns of Friends for the next five years, watch a documentary or two.
1: I think if you watch, I don't know if you ever watched the program, Ugly Food? I haven't, no. You haven't? Well, they tell stories about ugly food. So they're showing this one episode I watched. It was, I think it was Mexico. They used the prisoners to peel all that garlic that we buy, pre-peeled garlic. Mm. And they're peeling it for eight hours straight. And their fingernails are so raw and ripped off from peeling garlic. They start using their teeth to peel the garlic. Nice. And that's what you're buying in a store. So if I can grow my own garlic, I know it's good. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, but that's exactly right. Who like, and that's, and, and that's an accessible knowledge, right? That people still don't choose to have. Forgetting yeah. other culinary secrets that you have, that you have access to and that you know that the rest of us might not. That's something we could have access to and know. Yeah. At, again, people would rather watch, you know, reruns of friends. And I'm not yeah. saying there's anything wrong with that, but. Again, we need to take accountability for the information we're taking in.
1: Exactly. You
0: know, and the knowledge that we want to have. And I mean, for your little boy, I mean, I I couldn't imagine what it would be like if, you know, he had to eat regular food, right? That you're not prepared, right? Like you've, you you can admit you've ruined your son. You've ruined your son.
1: I don't know. He keeps wanting to go back to McDonald's, but that's a nice treat. I enjoy McDonald's too now and then, so...
0: Yeah. I'm a sucker yeah. for a good sausage Mcmuffin. I'm not going to lie. That's, yep. that's
1: cheeseburger. They're my favorite cheeseburger. I don't know why I, I cook over open fires and that. And that's my favorite way to cook at home, but I always like a good McDonald's cheeseburger.
0: You know what? My big one is, uh, in and out. I'm a sucker when I'm in the States. I'm a big sucker for in and out. I, I never had that. You have to, you know what? It's the way I describe it is this, is it ever going to replace, you know, Ramsey burger? No. When I'm in Vegas, it doesn't it's not it's but that's not what it's competing for. It's a decent-priced greaseball yeah. burger that fills you know that fills you up, makes you feel good, and you don't even feel yeah. guilty about it.
1: Exactly. You know, there's always a place for the greasy burger. Yeah. It's like when we even all my travels, Team Canada. We got our Team Canada gear on, culinary Team Canada gear. We still walk into a McDonald's with that shit on, and we buy. Our stuff fucking dirty greasy big mac to eat and people are just looking at us you got some of the best chefs in the world eating mcdonald's
0: but i think that but i think there's something even to be said for that too right in that it's amazing how people want to point fingers in certain directions yeah and not just understand that yeah it's filling a pro it's just it's guess what it makes me fucking happy it's no different in a sense really than i mean i shouldn't liken it to smoking but it's like anything kind of you do to ha- you know, to just enjoy yourself. If somebody likes exactly. a, bur- a, a cheeseburger from McDonald's once in a while, fine. The difference is you're not saying have 17 of them per day. No. Right? Like that's where I think that argue- that, that people kind of lose context sometimes is that that idea of, oh, well, here's the chef saying you should go eat at McDonald's. That's not at all what he's saying. But there's people that would take that in that context. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: You know, or that people would say, Oh, look, Culinary Team Canada eats here. McDonald's has the best burgers.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, where thinking. on earth
0: did that get? It? But people would say that. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, it's 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 just it is what it is. It's like it's like for instance when I go to the liquor store to buy wine, you know. I will tell people, I'll say, yeah, you know what? There are some great $100 bottles of wine. There are some great $50 bottles of wine, but there are also some phenomenal bottles of wine located between the $13 and $17 price range.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, and just because something is $27 does not make it necessarily better.
1: No, it could still be shit. I've had be
0: expensive wines. You know, and it's like anything, half of these things are marketing. Half of these things, I mean, half, for instance, the Beyond Burgers, right? Yep. People, you know, oh, it's healthier, it's this and that. And even the company said, we've never branded ourselves as a health food. Yeah. Like, we're not guilty <laughs> of anything. You guys chose to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And I remember it's when they... It's a vegan burger. That's all it is. Yeah. That is all it is. But, pe- but again, it gets extrapolated. Oh, it's got to be healthier than meat. Oh, it's got- and then people start going out, no, look how many calories it has compared to a regular beef burger. That's not what the comparison is meant to be. It's meant to be, hey, you don't eat meat. Here's an alternative. That's all. Yeah, exactly. As simple as that.
1: All the best meat for you, we banned from our restaurants. There's nothing healthier than wild meat, I think. Yeah. Talk there, to us about yeah. that. I mean, get back in the old days, they never had all these grocery stores, all these farms producing and feeding chemicals to and steroids to our animals. They hunted and lived off the land i think that 's a big reason why I do it too it 's simple living but it 's clean living right right a deer is not going around and eating steroids it 's eating True. grass eating corn it 's eating everything in the bush, nuts and berries and that right.
0: well, Some and I root it out
1: when I say I eat squirrel, but look at what a You think a city squirrel, the big ugly gray thing, yeah, you don't want to eat that because that's they're eating garbage. But you look at the nice red squirrel in the bush; it's eating nuts, it's eating berries. It's a healthy animal to eat. It's no different than eating a rabbit.
0: Well, and I think too, especially these bred animals that are bred for discount purposes, right? Like the cheap meat you see in the grocery store. There's a reason for that.
1: (laughs) There's a reason.
0: you know, there's a reason for that. And when you see, for instance, even chicken, like I've known um, people, I had someone that I knew and she was telling me, she said, and she worked in a kitchen and she was uh, saying like, people don't understand even like when you get a chicken, like what you have to cut out from it. And you can tell how the chicken has been raised by how healthy an animal it is. And when you get a dead chicken and have to dissect it and cut tumors out and cut all this thing out, people don't realize that that's a big part of what you're seeing right. in the grocery stores.
1: Yeah, definitely. Even like besides from chicken, but fish. You look at farm-raised salmon and that—they're packed in little pens in the water so tightly together, they barely have room to swim. Yeah, and you can notice it in the meat when you see the dark bruising in the salmon or the blood stains in They're just so anything lying caught or caught yourself mm-hmm. is way better
0: mm-hmm. than
1: this farmery stuff.
0: Well, I think too, it's like I even talked about just before we started recording was that idea of having certain culinary skills. Like I saw you, like you do your teaching classes for your members, but even yeah. things like being able to prepare a fish when getting the entire dead fish yeah. versus buying a, you know, a fillet of salmon in the grocery store or buying salmon steaks in the grocery store. Like they're like, that's where the cost savings occur is having certain basic rudimentary knowledge, basic understanding of kitchen knives and certain basic knife skills.
1: Exactly. I don't, when you're doing a bird, if you know how to debone a chicken, you can debone any bird because they all have the same body structure. Basically, the same thing goes with the fish. A round fish is a round fish. They all fillet the same. And a flat fish is a flat fish. Like a halibut, you saw it comes off in four sides. Right. A round fish has two sides, unless you've got something big like a tuna that's going to come off in four sections, too. Right. But no, no wonder find a tuna.
0: But, but I think, too, it's like, even let's, let's take, for instance, a tuna. It's just basically an extrapolation of the process used on a smaller fish. You just might be using bigger instruments. Exactly. But the principle doesn't change. No. You know, it's...
1: Like when I went to Japan, I worked in a restaurant in Japan. I did a stage there for two weeks and the staff there couldn't speak English and I couldn't speak Japanese, but... Your basic cooking is your basic cooking. Right. And it was a French restaurant I was in, so I was able just to jump in and not have a problem.
0: Right. No, and I think that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's... And I, but that's so important, right? It's even, for instance, understanding the anatomies of animals. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. understanding where the true value cuts in a piece of beef come from. You know, exactly. don't let oh, hey, we're selling eye of round at a dollar a pound. It's like, you're still probably overpaying for that piece yeah. of meat, right? Like that's yeah. a dollar that was better off spent on a McDonald's coffee. But there are value pieces of meat in the cow that if you know about it, yeah, you find a local butcher, you source a cow.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. See, our science teachers were right by teaching us to dissect frauds, man.
0: That's mm-hmm. part of the
1: frog is the legs. Yeah. We were given that knowledge for free.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's so like, the, pardon me?
1: So I was going to say, you're quite the cook yourself, I see on your social media.
0: <laughs> I'm not bad. I'm not, I, I'm a blue belt compared to you as a black belt, but.
1: Uh, <laughs> That's like my poker skills compared to you.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. There you go. Right. <laughs> it, it it works. We feed off each other, but, uh, yeah. but even then, like I take pride in, in trying to learn as much as I can about something like that, because I view it as it's such an essential skill.
1: It is. It is. Definitely. That's, I think that's one skill that should be taught more in the high schools or in the development stage of a child is cooking. Right. You're moving out on your own and you don't know how to cook. You're going to be spending a lot of money in fast food.
0: Absolutely. 100%. And I think too, not even just a lot of money on fast food, but just as I said, like being able to go to the grocery store and making those dollars stretch. I think, especially now in COVID, when you know there's a lot of people that are financially strapped. Right, a lot of right. people have watched whether even if they still have a paycheck, they've watched their pay decrease. Sometimes, you know, in a lot of cases, definitely uh, across all professions. There's really there haven't been you know other than that elite fraction of a percent at the top for the rest of us. We don't need to worry about them. Like when people start going on about, Oh, Jeff Bezos made more money. Elon Musk made this much. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It doesn't affect you. You're not even in that conversation. So don't worry about it. But for the rest of us, and I've talked about this quite a few times on the podcast, just the idea of getting more value for your money. Yeah. Even things like investing in a good set of kitchen knives, a good butcher block, Things like these, you know, you don't go and get the cheap, shitty, advertised, seen on TV set of knives uh, at Costco. Get a good set of knives. Yeah. You no, know, take it, it, care it, of your knives. Go ahead.
1: It's going to make your life easier. You don't think it, how a knife's going to change it, but when you start using a knife and it's dull and shitty, it makes cooking terrible, right? Mm-hmm. When you're just cutting through something with like cutting through butter. Oh, it's so enjoyable. And yeah, it's even money safer on a night.
0: T- well, it's safer think, too.
1: Definitely. Instead of getting, if you cut yourself, you're going to have a nice clean cut. It's going to heal properly instead of having this jagged ripped up cut. That well, even, get from
0: even, even off. well, even Jess's daughter, she'll ask me sometimes cause I'll, I often cut myself when I'm cooking and or, and cutting something up and she'll be like, she'll say, Oh, Sonny, you cut yourself. And I say, yeah. And she'll be like, but you're not going to stop cooking. I said, no, I'm not because shit a shit happens yeah and and b i've taken proper precautions that yes it, it is a clean cut i'm going to wash it out i'm going to put i'm going to tape it up put on a glove i'm back in the game exactly dinner has to get made right yeah. i'm not and also too i think because when you have a certain level of skill at anything you also don't worry about it you know i'm not i, I don't really concern myself that i'm going to cut off a finger you know knock sure. on wood you know, and I also understand that, yes, a small cut isn't going to affect my ability to make dinner. No,
1: definitely not.
0: You know, and, and I think it's like anything too, like as we said about a good quality, sharp, keeping your knives sharp, you're yeah. more likely to cut, you know, every top chef in the world always says, let the knife do the work, let the exactly. knife do the work. The second you're having to, to help your knife, you need to either sharpen it or get a new knife. Right. Like the, the time for help was yesterday. Like th- this, th- this is a warning sign. <laughs> if you're having to, to, to do the work for your knife, your knife works for you. You don't work for it.
1: Right. Yep. So I always say it's an extension of your arm. Yeah. And, and, and part but, of your body.
0: you know, and it, it's little things like that. And I think it's too, for instance, and. I, I really have to get, you know, commend you and I encourage people to, to follow you on social media because one of the things I really like about when you give any kind of instruction is you're more talking at the root and base level of what you're doing, what you're trying to accomplish and what you're using. Right. Versus this is the recipe for the perfect whatever. I, to me, I think those are, those are a cancer in the cooking industry the, as soon as I see the title, yep. the perfect, whatever, how to make the perfect, whatever, right away, toss that aside, right yeah. away, toss that aside.
1: Yeah.
0: I know enough but about food share. to know that that's not the way it should be right. said or documented,
1: yeah. I agree.
0: you know? And like, for instance, even when you talk about, like when you, you'd done a soup a few months ago,
1: right. even the there, soup. right.
0: Yeah. You know, there's so many ways to take what you've done and be like, okay, so it's basically this. Now you yeah. can, you know, add some spice, add some this, add some that. But this is the principle.
1: Yeah. that's it. Everything I teach my guys about soup. Soup is probably one of the first things you learn in my kitchen. Because all my cream soups, I like to make gluten-free. So okay. we thicken with potato and onion. So basically if I'm making a cream soup, I'm starting off with 10 potatoes peeled and five onions peeled, just rough chopped, sweated in some butter, enough stock to cover that product. Okay. And Okay, let's go with mushroom soup. So now I've thrown my whole mushrooms in there too with my potatoes and onions. I put enough stock in just to cover. That simmers until the potatoes are nice and tender and falling apart in that, and then I puree it. And that's giving it the thickness that the roux, which is a butter flour mixture, would give to it. Right. Without having that gluten in there. So all, of, all our soups, cream soups, are always gluten-free. It's nice. a simple process of using potato as a thickener.
0: Right. Well, and it's, but, it, and there you go. It's that basic understanding of using starches, you know, as a substitute for having to use the flour, having to use the crutch of the roux um, right. because you understand food.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, how well, many people, I, you s- I, go ahead.
1: I was thinking we need to have like a little competition you and I, cause kay. I see your food there. <laughs>
0: It's not bad. It's not bad. I,
1: I, I think you have to come to my kitchen and we slap out a seems legit cooking competition.
0: I'm game. I'm game. What do you think we should make? Should we each pick something? Should we to make it fair? Right. Cause I don't want you to put something on me and be like, here, make me a this. Then I don't know how to do it, exactly. but I would, I would love to do something like that. Um, what do you have in mind? If you tell me, what do you have in mind, chef?
1: You know what? I like to play poker and I think I can beat you. So we'll play a best out of five poker round and okay. whoever wins gets to pick what we're cooking.
0: Okay. Sounds good. I can, I can do that. I can do that. I'll bring the chips and the cards. Okay. We'll play I'm heads probably up.
1: Pretty easy to read. So you're probably going to beat me, but
0: we'll play, we'll, we'll play heads up and then yes, the winner can pick and uh, we'll go from there. But I think, but it's, so even as we talk about this, right? Like one of the things I do feel I have a bit of, acumen in his barbecue i do um you know with my indian and caribbean background um you spend a lot of time in that kind of slow deep fire pit style cooking like that so maybe a, we
1: should do this at my house and in my pits out back you've seen
0: those i have seen those those are beautiful i'm very jealous of those i'm have very to jealous of i i <laughs> man to preach into the choir here um, yeah. but let's do that. Let's do something like that. And, awesome. uh, we can do some, some slow cooking, some pit style food and, uh, and, and share and talk some, uh, some basic cooking knowledge that I think people should have. I think yeah. people get afraid and intimidated because they don't know where to begin.
1: No, exactly. So cooking in your home, you should never be afraid. I never no. don't feel like you have to follow a recipe a recipe is just a guideline to get you started after no. that you can throw whatever you want in it yeah I'm, and well, that's your baking baking's a science you baking too is. too much sugar too much salt too <laughs> much yeast you fucked everything up <laughs>
0: Baking, yeah. Baking intimidates me. Baking. I leave that to Jess. I I, I stay the hell yeah. away from that. She, she can do all the baking, but no, but I think it's exactly that. No, like, as I said, it's, it's what you're trying to accomplish, what you're using and a basic order of operations. It's no different than any kind of formula you'd ever have to follow in your life.
1: Right. Yeah. You just have fun with it. Cooking's about having fun. Yeah. Even more, more now. Like, you go to parties. Where do parties end up? They all end up in the kitchen,
0: crowding around a
1: stove or an island, and just eating.
0: 100%. That's what I love
1: about cooking. You know, it's it is the party. Cooking's the party.
0: It it is. It one hundred percent is. And I think even st- even so, it's I think to what happens is 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 fads. There's always fads in everything. In in poker, Ooh. there's fads there's, you know, whether it be strategy fads or which game is the best game or all kinds of shit. There's always some kind of fad, even in terms of tournament structures. I've talked about this too. There's in, in poker there's, um, so the most common game is No Limit Hold'em. And one of the big things is they'll have different structured events. And one of the things that people always get fucking excited for and I, and I, is, is the idea of a deep stack tournament. You show poker players the word deep stack, they are instantly aroused instantly
1: aroused. It's like deep dish.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's, you know, they hear deep stack and they automatically think it's the best thing in the world. And it was something that has really grown over the last four to five years has been like this idea of deep stack. What people don't realize and where it originated from actually has nothing to do with the professional players. Top players in the world don't care about the stack size because we can navigate it regardless. for us it doesn't matter what it is it's you know whether you're short stack deep stack what doesn't matter it came in because again the idea is to bring in recreational players bring in amateur players prize pools go up and then ideally essentially the professionals will then feast upon the weaker players but (laughs) if you put like for instance and and not to sound awful about it but it would be, as I said, if, I, if you had some, a dish that involves a certain amount of higher technical ability and skill and knowledge in the kitchen and said, here, Sonny, make this, fuck, I'd be the worst one in your kitchen to do it. It would be an insult to your time and an <laughs> insult to mine. It would be fun and whatever, but at the end of the day, it would be essentially a waste of everybody's time.
1: Yeah, and product.
0: Exactly, exactly. In certain poker tournaments, it's the same thing. You know, there's, you know, and I'm not trying to, to rag on players that are less skilled, but at the same time, not every player needs to be playing the $50,000 poker players championship. It's not for everybody. You know, not everybody in the world is good enough to play it, you know, just because even if you had the money doesn't mean you should be there. Um, And it's kind of the same thing. So when I talk about these fads and poker, it's kind of the same thing in cooking, right? You hear oftentimes people talk about like the sous vide technique. This is the only way to cook everything, you know, or the reverse sear has been getting a lot of attention lately. These are all just basically techniques at getting at the same end game, preparing a good dish right? Yep. No matter what the strategy is in poker, whether it's GTO or exploitive or whatever it might be, it's all about the same end game, winning. I want to have all of the chips and I want the rest of you to have none. When it comes to cooking, doesn't really matter whether you're using sous vide, reverse sear, doesn't matter. The idea is the same thing. You're trying to arrive at a perfectly cooked dish.
1: Yes. Yes. You know how to cook. You don't really need sous vide. Like I, I don't sous vide my steaks or my tenderloins or that. I don't think that really calls for it. I can cook a beautiful steak or a whole tenderloin, medium rare, pink to pink, from side to side without sous vide. You right. just have to know how to do it right. Sous vide, yes. I think, is good. You know, if you want to have a pink... If you want your lamb shank to still be pink instead of dark gray because it takes so long to braise and break down everything in it that it's just not going to be pink if you do it the traditional way. But if you do it sous vide over 48 hours, but as long as you have all your fucking flavorings in there, I see so many people sous vide and fuck, they put nothing in the bag, just the (laughs) chocolate and it tastes like fucking shit. Yeah. Don't do it. Like fill it full of butter and flavor and sauce and herbs, whatever. Put some fucking flavor in that bag. Don't just throw a chunk of meat in there.
0: But I think, but I I think too, when you see, and it's kind of like dieting or exercise or fitness or health, right? Like that kind of social industry as well. A lot of the information out there, A, isn't properly sourced. B, it's not coming from people who generally know actually what they're talking about. And a lot of that, as you said, the important thing when you're cooking is to impart flavor To get a proper doneness to your food and to ensure that at service, everything is right. Exactly. You know, but when somebody sees these things, they don't know to say that because they're ripping off somebody else. They're ripping off this person who's ripping off that person who's ripping off this person who heard from this person who knew a guy who one time worked with someone who was married to a cook.
1: Yeah. And you have that, what's that game you used to play as a kid? Telephone game? Yeah it goes. And then by the time you get the message, it's totally not even what the message was.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I think, and, and that's exactly it. like, I know like for me, I took, uh, I bought, uh, I got it on sale. I got a big barrel style barbecue, coal barbecue. And um, instead of using it for that, I kind of outfitted it now to be not an offset smoker, but an indirect smoker. Right. Nice. And um and I think what was, I did a brisket uh, in the summer, and I honestly I think I ate about three quarters of it just myself, and oh. yeah, it was it was a good piece of meat. But again, again, sorry. sorry, am I taking you away from your work?
1: No, 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 I just okay. Had
0: okay. Um, but again, it was that idea of I understand the principles being applied here, therefore I don't need to go out and buy the fifteen hundred dollar Traeger offset smoker to smoke right. a brisket, no. right? But there's people that will go into the specialized barbecue store and be like, Oh, I want to be able to smoke the perfect brisket. And they're like, Oh, well we can sell you the machine. That's plug and play. And you can do that. Exactly, Right. So yeah. I think that, you know, there's some, there is something to be said for basic knowledge of just anything. You have to understand the principles for people want to get to the end result too quickly.
1: Right. Take the time, learn, study. It's nothing you're going to learn overnight. You're not going to learn over a year.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's, but it's even like when you look at, you know, we've all had some point in our learning careers, whether it be at high school, elementary school, university, culinary school, whatever, trade school, whatever it might be, where you struggled learning something. Yeah. I would be willing to hypothesize that where the disconnect happens is somewhere in the, tre- in the relaying of information and the accepting of information, there was a Ooh. skip in the foundations.
1: Yeah. And I don't think you'll believe it, but uh, when I was going through culinary, I could not grasp the concept of butchery. It really? took me forever. And finally, I had to sit down, and I'm like, fuck, I kept failing my tests. and I'm like, fuck, I just don't get where all these parts are coming from. So then I was sitting at home, and I was looking at myself, and I was like, fuck. I put myself on all fours. So I was like, okay, this is my hind quarter. This is my four quarter. This would be where my brisket is. My tenderloin would be in here. My ribs are here. And that's how I passed it. Like mm. looking at myself as the animal. And then now you see me hunt and butcher a whole animal. I do it no problem. Right. But again. I, I struggled with that. It's it's, it's uh, Practice It is. It's perfect.
0: I had, when I was in university my first year, I had this class called discrete math. And apparently, so the way it was described to me is for its year, it's probably in the top of the more difficult classes that you'll take in a, in an undergraduate math degree because it's such a jump in terms of the type of math you're doing versus what you would have learned in high school and stuff. And it was the same thing that I guess what I had taken for granted was that I'd had such good principles and understanding and foundations th- from math before that, that it always came relatively easy to me. Now, having to do this other type of math, I was trying to jump to the end again because I was always able to do it. Like to just be right. like, all right, fuck, see it. All right. I know what I need to do here. I'm good to go. And for once, I wasn't able to do that. So I was just, I was fucked. I was, I would get an assignment and I would cry. Like I'd go home and openly <laughs> weep in my bedroom. And finally the final exam came around and I knew I needed to do well. And instead of just trying to, you know, piece together, you know, course notes and be like, all right, let me just read this material. I was like, wait a second, let's take. The, um, let's take the step back and learn the basics. What is actually happening here? And I went from having an F in that class to uh, getting all the way up to a, like I took my final grade up to a C plus and I had to, and I aced the final exam. And the professor asked me, she's like, Sonny, like you, you had a night and day shift. Like this is remarkable. Like I honestly, I felt bad. I thought you were going to fail the course. And she said, what did you do? And I said, I started at the basics. I said, I spent the last 10 days hmm. just at that basics. And it's kind of like what you said there, right? You have to take it for what it is. wait a second these are parts of the animal let's liken it to parts of the body and let's work from there let's build a strong foundation and add on from there for me it was how do i think this way how do i you know approach these different subjects and whatnot now it's funny i used to curse that class now i'm like well fuck this is like the easiest shit you can do like i you know (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'd take this stuff over doing calculus every day. And I'd be like, Oh, calculus is way bad. I'm like, fuck that, man. Fuck that. That's a headache. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, it's the same thing. But it's even, so for instance, let's say you're, you're getting your, you're buying food out at the grocery store. One thing I often tell people and talk about, and I've talked about this with Jess, for instance, don't buy one steak, buy the whole piece of the animal. If you get right. the opportunity.
1: Yep buy the whole strip loin. You don't buy just the Yes. Steak.
0: Thank it's you. It's going
1: to be cheaper to buy the whole strip
0: loin. Absolutely. That's the 100 that's $100 well spent because that now yeah. works out to $3 a steak.
1: Exactly. And you have not just one day of food, you probably have a week of food.
0: Exactly. Like I see so many people when I'm in Costco for instance. And cuz I ever since COVID, they've gotten very good at sourcing some decent meat. And oh, yeah,
1: I've seen a whole lamb there. <laughs> yes. 140 bucks for the whole lamb. I'm like, that's a good deal. That, uh, thank you.
0: I saw that too. And I'm like, I am struggling a little bit here. Not taking that lamb out of the fridge, putting it in my cart, calling up Cam and being like, we're, we're cooking, we're cooking
1: this on the pit,
0: <laughs> which we should do next summer. We should do that. We next. We should
1: time. definitely. You got to bring let's, out Jess let's and do that. Olivia and get the kids. In and the actually room. something exciting
0: um by that point we will have uh, a new baby boy with us oh so congratulations. so that's so that's why i do apologize i haven't been able to take you up on too many invites to come over it's just no, no. Uh, with covid and with yep. just being pregnant yep. i um we have that's to
1: congratulations. Uh,
0: thank you very much yeah we're a couple of weeks away now he's due right at the beginning of november so we're uh, oh, really awesome. excited we're yeah, really excited sure. um but yes, no, something like that. Like people don't see the value in that. Like I saw the other day, they had the whole fucking rib section yeah. of the animal for 150 bucks. I'm like, I, if we have the freezer space, we're buying that. We might even buy two. Like, yeah, you know, no it's, it's it's just things like that that people don't quite understand, but they see the price and they're like, oh, that's 150 bucks. That's expensive. No, 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 no. Your $25 ribeye that you're buying. That's the expensive thing. That's where you're getting hosed.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, it's the $25 ribeye that you're having to portion off and everybody gets two pieces. That's where, (laughs) that's where you're getting hosed. Yep.
1: You're getting hosed on that for sure.
0: That's where you're getting hosed. So what's where do you see yourself in the future, Cam? What do, you, what do you want? What do you see yourself? Do you see yourself with your own restaurant? What do you want to do?
1: No, restaurant, so, mar- so little margin of making profit there. You know, I really enjoy my members and I, I truly love my profit. This is where I see myself being for a long time. You know, I have the opportunity to teach my members and teach us young minds the proper techniques and everything. And it still gives me my family life with my son being a single dad. And, you know, I just got certified as a firefighter. So it gives me the opportunity to do my firefighting and I still do my volunteer auxiliary police constable work in my town. So it allows me to do the other parts of my life that I enjoy.
0: What's that work life balance, right?
1: Exactly you know and I, I never had that when i was younger cuz i wanted to be the best so i would do my 14 16 hour days every day no days off to become what i wanted to be but now yeah. i have to i have my work life balance and i yeah. use it efficiently
0: well and you know, it's, you know, like. it's funny because you know when i think about it like when i talk to Jess and we're we're talking about like you know my poker career she's you know i said yes, I can go a couple of weeks without playing. I can go a few months without playing, still show up in an event and contender win. And I said, it's not that I, that's just, I was born that way or, oh my God, he's just, you know. And I said, no, but it was being at the casinos, playing, you know, going straight from university till three in the morning playing. You know, anybody wanted to have a home game I was there. Friends wanted to play. I was there. People Thanks. were playing games at lunch at high school. I was there. Um, my mom's ex—they used to have a home game that they. That's how I got into poker. Actually, got into nice. playing it was through my mom's ex. Um, him and some coworkers had weekend games. They used to play single table, winner take all, and uh, and he invited me out one game. He's like, "Sonny, have you ever?" Um, play poker. I said, no, but this had happened just around the 2003 poker boom, which was caused by the NHL lockout at the time. And so it's funny, had the lockout never happened, a whole industry would have been different. But anyway,
1: hmm.
0: uh, he said, come out. He's like, you're good in math. So he explained to me the rules of the game. And he said, basically, you're good at people, you're good at math, figure it out. I showed up that night, I ended up winning, and the rest, as they say, is history. Nice and um, how it goes, and but it wasn't just a taking that for granted, like oh, since I won tonight, I can always win. It was like, wait a second, even on that night, I was like, man, there were so many opportunities there where I could have gotten fucked. Let's, I need to get better than that. I need to be better than that, yeah. And as I told her, I said, yes, I said, I, before her and I got together. There was periods where, you know, I've I've said on the podcast, I didn't play seven days a week. I played 21 days a week. (laughs) You know, I was jumping from this tournament to that tournament to this cash game to that tournament all day, every day, every day. And, you know, and it's, it's, as you said, it's that if you're passionate about something, you do it. And you now, do. yeah, now it's afforded me the ability that I don't necessarily have to put in 20 hour days playing poker to be right. one of the best.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, now I can kind of sit back and be like, yeah, I can just show up and play.
1: Yeah. Pick and right? choose your tournaments.
0: Exactly. And it allows me to have that work-life balance. It allows, you know, yeah. when the kid gets sick and needs to be picked up from school. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a call away. Yeah. You know, it's when Jess needs something, you know, right now on Matt leave, it's being able to be home with her and, you know, still play poker online and tend to her. It's, it's, It's these little things. But as you were saying, though, for you and your firefighting, congratulations. That's very exciting
1: yeah level uh, one but it's huge
0: so what so what got you into that was that just because you were, you know out of town you I wanted to get a small back
1: town, or? and i've already was already doing the policing for four years the right. fire team asked me to join so i joined the fire team i think it's important in a small town that's what we rely on to help save us right yeah our house is on fire it's my friends coming to put it out same same thing right yeah so we rely on people that want to give up you know their free time again—it goes back. You could be at a birthday party. Shit, my pager went off. I gotta fuck off. I'm gonna yeah. go fight a fire, right? Yeah. Three in the morning, four in the morning, whatever it may be, right? We fight a fire all night, and then it's back to your regular job as soon as that's done.
0: That's rewarding in itself, right? Is like there's it a camaraderie is. that comes with that.
1: Yeah, I honestly say I never saw myself at 44 years old being in fire college, but here I am. <laughs> hey
0: it's it's never too late to pick up skills
1: exactly skills are always important and even just the stuff i learned i should have in my own house like i never had a fire signature before or a fire plan it never really dawned on me to do that kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. it's important especially when you have a young one
0: absolutely absolutely like No, these are such important things. Like, it's even funny, too, because I remember this summer, you know, with COVID and whatnot, and I was like, well, now that we have more time, more time around the house, let's experiment with some barbecue. Let's have some fun. First thing we went out and did before buying anything else, new barbecue tools, anything like that, was buy the fire extinguisher. Yeah. And Jess was like, why? I said, we're cooking with fire. Fire.
1: Yeah. Like... All it
0: takes is one gust to blow one flame into that pile of leaves. And we've got a fucking problem. Yeah. So, you, you know, it's, it's those things, right. It's, but even in terms of manage uh, fire management, right. Yeah. Basic knowledge that again, there were probably things you took for granted before that now you're like, Hey, wait a second. I need to know these things.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm pretty proud of that no
0: congrats man that's exciting and awesome that's yeah very awesome um so what so when when that happens so is it kind of is it a fixed schedule that you look at there or is it just when people have time and you try to fill kind of no
1: we're hooked up to uh, dispatch me on our phone so anytime there's a 911 call in our area it comes right to our phone and we get the page to roll out so then we all race to the fire hall and
0: get our gear on and go Wow. That's, that's, that's a life though. That's inter- That's like, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Like that's yeah. so cool. That's things like a city folk. We, we don't, we don't know that kind of shit. We don't
1: know yeah. that.
0: Yeah. We don't know yeah. that, but, but even there, right? Like you probably your sense of community out where you live is far different than anything we, like I know in the city.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different. Even like when I lived in the city, you're never really part of the city, right? But you're part of a community out in the country. Mm
0: -hmm. So even I know that when we go to like Jess's Lake, like there are so many people, like there's so many of these, the, the Lake folk that like, I, I mean, great people, but half of them, I can't remember their names. I always feel bad, (laughs) but I mean, they'll remember everything about each other. Yeah. and be like, hey, Sonny, how was it when you did this? I'm like, fuck, I haven't seen you in 18 months. Jesus Christ, how did you remember <laughs> that? But but again, it's that sense of community. And I take that, and, and at first you're kind of like, man, you know, somebody would be like, do you, don't you have anything better to do? But then at the same time, it's like, wait, no, you fucking care enough about me yeah. to, to remember that? Fuck yeah, you know what? Yes, you are worth having around. Yeah exactly you know and uh but yeah no so i gotta say so how do you make it work man how do you like when do you sleep sundays <laughs> is that
1: <laughs> no that's fun day man
0: <laughs> <laughs> true enough true enough
1: yeah you know you sleep when you can right you're young yeah. and i'm still young 44 i know i say i'm old but i'm still young, I'm 44, young is cars, and... 44 is the exactly. new 25
0: 44 is the new 25
1: i like to say that i'm still 20 i, I just keep going
0: you look great. You look old. great. Thank you. you. You look good. Want
1: to take me out for supper?
0: Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Awesome>. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll even pay. Fuck Woo. yeah. Fuck yeah. That's right, a good date. A, that's a <laughs> date. <laughs> that's a good date. That's a good date. Anytime. Uh, no, that's no. It's but you know it's it, it, that's exactly it. And part of that is, I mean, there's a mind over matter aspect, but there's also a taking care of yourself aspect that I think a yeah. lot of people, we've seen prior generations take that for granted exactly you know it's it's the idea now of even how the modern workspace looks you shouldn't just be sitting on your ass for eight hours that's not okay
1: no i like those stand-up desks those are good my desk is always a stand-up desk
0: so yeah no i i hear you no it's it's true even when i'm recording the podcast like the i always try to do something active before i record and then as soon as i'm done the podcast before i edit anything I just, I go and do a quick workout. Always. Always. Yeah. That's got to, just something. You, you've got to have your, we're not made. We were never biologically engineered to sit around and fuck around.
1: No, exactly.
0: You know, and that's.
1: You got you to be active.
0: You do. And I mean, look at how many illnesses and diseases are preventable yep. just by taking care of
1: yourself. Exactly.
0: You know, I don't think people take that seriously enough like people it's very scary and i'm not trying to shame people for body types or sizes or any of that but there is something to be said for a healthy lifestyle and yeah as 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 hard and as maybe as morbid as this sounds people don't understand what these diseases do to somebody until you have to see it right Right Until you see somebody lose a toe or lose a foot to diabetes, it's all fine to say, yeah, I can live my life how I want to. Yeah. You know, it's until you see someone die at 35 and they look 73.
1: Yeah. You know, I hate to say I have a poor young chef of mine. He was 29 and his roommate came home and just found him at the bottom of the stairs and Say, it's a little old beast, but
0: it's sad to see. It is, it is, and it's it's just we live in this society, and we've talked about that with food, with fitness, with health. It's it's where you're. Where do you even start when you get your information? But I mean, we all have that idea for that confirmation bias, and right. it's it's probably the naturally and most innately difficult thing to overcome. But it's so important that we have those tough talks. You
1: kind of already got it. Already thought
0: it. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I'll let you go. No, you no, here. no, no. I'll let you go right away. Um, but it's so important, I think, that we have those tough talks with ourselves.
1: Right.
0: You know, I it's, agree. It, 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 it's so easy. And I mean, even looking at everything you've done, everything you've accomplished, everything you still do, there was, I'm sure there was some times when you had to fight, you know, your inner desire to, to give up your well, inner desire to be like, this is fucking hard. I'm sure there yeah. was times people think, Oh yes. You know, look at this guy. He put in the work and now he's this top chef, whatever. I'm sure there was day. De- there were times when it felt fucking stagnant where you were like, fuck oh, yeah. I'm, I'm stuck here scrubbing dishes or I'm stuck here filleting fish.
1: Yeah. That right. And you're totally just like, bad.
0: fuck, this is, I'm putting in 14 fucking hour days for this shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Picking herbs, worst fucking shitty thing, picking little pieces
0: up. Right? Yeah. And that's I mean, you have to do do it, but there's days when you have to have those tough conversations, and that's just career-wise, but even in terms of your everyday life, just those ideas that you know, what is important to you? Is it important to sit on the couch and watch three hours of friends and watch the time go by and then complain that I never have time to do things?
1: Exactly.
0: Or do you get the treadmill have the TV in front of it. And yes, you can still binge watch your friends, but at least you're watching TV. Oh, you don't have the information on how food gets to your table? Well, guess what? Now, when you're on that treadmill, watching your TV, take an hour off of Friends and watch a documentary. That's all it is.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That's all it is. All right, Cam, we got to get together, do the food challenge, do some barbecuing and stuff. We do. You are a busy man. And I thank you so much, honestly, for coming on my show. Oh, no, thank you
1: for having me, man. I'd love to do it again.
0: Of course. I will definitely have you on. And I'm so happy you're willing to do this again. Where can people find you on social media? Cause I, you are one of the pages that pe- people need to, people need to see yeah, you have just to
1: say. just Cameron Hewley, right? It's yeah. my page. Yeah. Just go straight to my page. That's both my Instagram and Facebook and you know, you're always gonna see some type of cooking on there. It's usually awesome. either cooking or my son, so How's
0: yeah. How's he doing by cool. the way before I leave? Oh. How's...
1: oh he's doing good. Yeah, he's having a blast.
0: Yeah, is he at school his... full time or do you... school
1: full time, yeah, he's in French immersion out at a Cinnaboyne called school. Just nice. on Portage. So yeah, oh, nice. he's loving it. Yeah. He's excited for, for Halloween on Friday, they all get to wear their costumes, so he's nice. going as a fireman.
0: Of course, of course. Next year, you should get him to go as a chef.
1: Yeah.
0: Put him in a little chef Uh, outfit.
1: I have a chef coat for him. I had him using a knife at two years old. Nice. He was using my chef knife, chopping carrots and that.
0: But it's so funny because as that's happening, I'm sure you were never worried because you had taught him how to have those skills and how to handle things properly. Right. Anyway, Cam, I will let you go. I know you're a busy guy. I thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, We'll we'll have you on again. All right, buddy?
1: All right. Thanks, bud.
0: All right. Take care. Everybody, thank you so much. Bye-bye for now.
1: Bye-bye.